0: and don't forget to check out our website www.hisheartline.com we're happy to have you let's get started good evening ladies and gentlemen good evening good afternoon good morning wherever you're at in the world I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side because they are the host, they are the ones in charge, and they are the ones behind the wheel, and they are steering this ship through these crazy waters that we call life. So glad to have you here. It is Tuesday, October 25th, 2022, and you are joined with another episode of 1% with Him, and we're going to be doing a reading out of Romans 13. I do apologize for the latency. I wanted to be on actually at four, but I had some issues uh, uploading. I had a ton A ton of audio so part of that was my issue but again with a demanding work schedule it gets a little challenging to try to squeeze everything i can while trying to do family time so i was trying to multitask spend some time in the basement while i was doing my audio upload but then when i had it uploaded trying to get podbean to cooperate was a big challenge so i was like man i'm like i'm just gonna shoot for five instead of four because this just wasn't working out for me but here we are now this show is going to be uh Pretty much what it's supposed to be, 15 to 20 minutes. It seems like lately these shows, these 1% shows, have been going like 40, 45 minutes, um, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But I'm going to make this show fairly, uh, you know, about, like I said, 20 minutes-ish um, because the his hardline discussion I'm about to do is going to be, it, it's gonna be a home run uh, because there's something very interesting that you guys need to hear regarding AVR and the state national assembly and what's going on there there's just some really interesting stuff going down there so we're going to get right into the reading for the sake of time and so we're going to be reading out of the new uh excuse me yeah the new American Standard Bible and so chapter 13 it reads every person is to be a subject oh, hold on a second my computer is being dumb here every person is to be subject to the governing authorities how how appropriate for there is no authority except from god and those which exist are established by god therefore whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of god and they have opposed excuse me and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves for rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior but for evil Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For it is a servant of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid. For it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a servant of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. Therefore, it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this you also pay taxes, for rulers are servants of God, devoting themselves to this very thing. Pay to all what is due them, tax to whom tax is due, custom to whom custom, respect to whom respect, and honor to whom honor. Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another, for the one who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. For this, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, it is summed up in saying this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. I just lost my spot. I'm so sorry. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Do this knowing the time, that it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. For now salvation is nearer to us than when we first believed. The night is almost gone, and the day is near. Therefore, let's rid ourselves of the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let's behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and debauchery, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. All right, so that is a reading of Romans chapter thirteen, verses one through fourteen. That's actually a fairly short chapter. I think the next one's kind of longer. <clears throat> but what does Romans thirteen? What are the, what's what's it telling us? So in short, Romans thirteen continues the theme from what we read yesterday in Romans 12. And, and so how, how do those in Christ live now that we have received God's great mercy for us? How are we supposed to live? Well, Paul began Romans 12 by declaring that the only reasonable response is to become a living sacrifice in service to God. And Romans 13 continues to describe what that Christ-like sacrifice looks like. And so this includes some specific applications. Now, Paul's instructions take a surprising, you know, a a very surprising turn in the first half of the chapter. So those in Christ must be submissive or subject to human authority in the government. In other words, one's place in God's kingdom does not allow us to ignore those in charge of whatever earthly kingdom we occupy. And this is not just about keeping the peace. Christians are to submit to earthly authorities because God put them there. In fact, Paul says that every position of government authority on earth was ultimately filled by God himself for his purposes. That's true. And to improperly resist authority then is to resist God. Like I said yesterday, there was, and maybe I already said this to some uh, Maybe some of you already heard this, but I'm going to say it again. So my wife showed me a post from somebody she went to school with on Facebook. Now, I don't do Facebook. I, I absolutely hate Facebook. But her friend Kaylee said this. And this is kind of tying into a point here. It says, if your political campaign includes your religious beliefs or you are running using your faith as a selling point, you shouldn't even be allowed on the ballot, Period. Your religion has no place in our government to be clear. This is not singularly about Christianity. It is all religions. (laughs) It's like, really? Really? Because if you go back and this is something that we learn in the national assembly, what was ultimately the first law book of the world? And obviously whoever's listening to this, probably already knows the answer even if you're not in the assembly you probably already know the answer to this if you're a follower of God in Christ and that that first law book is the Bible see people don't realize it or understand or comprehend the fact that common law the 10 principles behind common law the 10 common law principles are based from the 10 commandments But people don't realize that. And so back to like what we were just reading, it says the rejection of authority brings painful judgment. And God's intention for authorities in human governments, in part, is to use them to bring judgment on people who do bad things. See, we're not supposed to listen to a government that does bad things because that right there would be following Satan. And right now, we have a government in D.C. as well as pretty much all of our state governments. And let's be honest, even a lot of our municipality governments, county governments, have a lot of bad people in it. More so on a national and state level. Because there's a lot of good people still on the municipal levels, you know, on the county levels and township levels. I mean, there's still good people, but let's not let's not make any mistakes. You give the wrong person the right payoff, or I should say the right person with the right payoff, they'll 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 sell their soul for the devil, you know, to the devil for two, three hundred or, you know, two, three grand or more. <laughs> you're darn right, two, three grand. You you absolutely right most people probably would to make a little extra money to do this or to do that or to, you know, cover up the windows during elections. You'd be amazed what people would do for money. I was just having this conversation with Randy, actually, who who listens to the show. He's listening right now. Which I got some awesome info to share with you guys here a little bit. But we were just having a conversation about an hour and a half ago talking about this very thing. You know, I don't do this podcast to try to make money. I do this podcast because this was a calling by God. God gave me my day job for a reason, because if for whatever reason this podcast ever got shut down on Podbean, I don't have to worry about losing my income like all these people did when they lost their platforms on YouTube and wherever else, supposedly. Because as you all know, I've been very crabby with my job for the last few weeks. And I've been crying like a little baby about it. And I was telling telling Randy, I've been a little Nancy about it. And I I needed to put my big boy pants on. I'm like, all right, God, like, help me out here. Because I'm feeling very depressed with my job right now. And you know what he basically told me? He says, no, you know what, Jason? you, You remember before you even got that job, you prayed to have that job. I gave you that job because you know where I was at before was not was was really not that good, but where I'm at now, and I'm not going to say who I work for because it's you know it's a big branded oil. I try to keep that separate from personal life, but <clears throat> it's a very good company to work for, and it still is. Don't get me wrong, my my attitude about the company that I work for, five years into it, I still actually really enjoy the company. I just hate the political BS in it but that's any corporation you're not going to escape that it's just fact it's just life it's the red tape of nonsense that you deal with but I say all that to say this god told me you asked for this job I gave you this job because I had a bigger plan for you so you asked for this job you're making more money and you got you know better situation so you have this job so Why are you complaining? Because this job is meant to earn your income so you can do this calling on the side right here. The minute I kind of heard that and it resonated with me and said, I'm like, okay. I will zip my lip and change my perspective and my attitude. Perception is reality. I had to change my perception on it. And so... God does not want us following bad people in the government, only good people. That's Well, who would that be, though, Jason? Well, pretty soon it's going to be the de jure government of we the people, the assembly members who tells the military what we the people want. That's God's government. What's in D.C. is not God's government. And so if you're doing good things, Paul writes, you should have nothing to fear from those in authority. If you're doing bad things, like, I don't know, crimes against humanity, committing treason or sedition. But if you're doing bad things, though, you should be afraid of your government. And the government, by and large, is the people. Because remember, it goes like this. you got God the Creator the Divine, the Heavenly Father, the one that's created the Ten Commandments, not Satan God, but the God. Then you got we the people, because God created the people. And the people created and own the de jure grand juries, which serves as a buffer slash referee against usurping individuals in the lower three branches of government, which would be what? Legislative, executive, and judicial. So you got God, we the people, the common law grand jury, and then you got your lower three branches of government that we the people are over, just like God is over we the people. And so essentially, we the people are the government. So again, if you don't do bad, you won't be treated poorly. But if you were committing evils, okay, so basically governments, we'll just say this, governments that, broadly speaking, are basically there to rein in and punish evildoers on God's behalf. Hence the common law grand juries. And Antonin Scalia was very clear about this when he explained that the common law grand juries belong to the people. And so the punishment, the punishment. A criminal receives from the government is also from God. Now we should not submit to our human government only out of fear, no, though, but also because it's the right thing to do. But for the same reason, Christians must also pay their taxes as a way of supporting the structure God has set up to accomplish his will on earth. Now that doesn't mean we get taxed into oblivion like we are right now. no, because there is still room for taxes like a sales tax, for example, right? like a flat sales tax. We still need to fund government. In fact, that's why tariffs existed. Our nation was able to operate on tariffs that was charged to other nations. You didn't have federal income tax, you didn't have state income tax, you didn't have property taxes, basically pilfering thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars. You didn't have any of that. But again, in fact, the addition, to, In addition to taxes, we also owe to our human government's respect and honor. Again, if it's a respectable and honorable government. Let me be clear, which right now we don't have, right now. But Paul chooses not to address in this section something he faced in his own life. But, you know, what do you do when a human government tells you to do something that can contradicts God's commands? Or, or when the government is not acting fairly, or morally, or in good faith, hmm, sounds like uh, the U.S. corporate government. That's for sure, because they're a bunch of Satanists, you know. So in that case, a believer must defy. And I'm gonna, re- I'm gonna let me say this slowly. When this is the case of an unfair, immoral government that's not acting in good faith. A believer must defy ungodly commands and willing and willingly face the consequences. Now, in this case, the consequence here isn't something that you would imagine. See, when people think of consequences, you think of punishments. See, here in America with the de jure government that's coming up, the constitutional, you know, the the de jure constitutional Republican form of government that's going to come back with we the people. In order to defy ungodly commands from that de facto fraudulent government, part of that consequence is using your time, energy, efforts, treasure, talent, and be involved in the local level. That's a consequence, technically. Take away some time from your home and ensure the posterity and future of your nation. So your children have a better place to live and grow up. That's why I got involved with the assembly. And so... Paul's instruction here speaks of subjection and submission, but not necessarily of obedience. So this distinction was lived out by Jesus' closest followers. Now, nearly all the apostles were eventually killed by government authorities for preaching the gospel. And they refused to obey when they were told to be silent. But they submitted to the punishment and authority of government. See, they submitted to the ultimate consequence. Now, Paul transitioned to the idea that Jesus' followers should pay all their debts. The only debt that will never be fully repaid is the obligation to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And when that command is obeyed, it fulfills the entire law. And Paul writes, after all, love itself never harms anyone, making all the other relationship commands unnecessary. Because if you're loving your neighbor, I mean, truly loving your neighbor with agape love, right? You shouldn't worry about then breaking the law of not coveting or murdering or whatever, right? You shouldn't have to worry about breaking any of that, committing adultery. And so wrapping up this set of instructions, Paul urges Christians to be urgent about the time. And he writes that the night is gone and the day is almost here, suggesting that that day of the Lord, a reference to mankind's ultimate judgment, will arrive at the metaphorical daybreak. And that moment draws nearer and nearer every day as we can see. Clearly, we can see that. If you have the eyes to see and the ears to hear, it's you can see it clear as day. And that's why Christians must throw off any works of darkness that we have been participating in. This is one of the reasons why we broke the news to our daughter that, hey, Santa's not real. Easter Bunny's not real. Tooth Fairy's not real. We're not participating in Halloween because of what it stands for and how you know satanic and sacrificial it is to unfortunate you know little kids around the world i don't even want to know the real stats and numbers of that to be quite honest with you because it makes me sick just even thinking even a fraction of that idea how many sacrifices and blood rituals are probably taking place in this month but because we're trying to throw off any works of the you know darkness we're we're purging that crap out of our household. And this includes lifestyles of drunken partying, sexual immorality, fighting, and jealousy. instead, Christians must suit up in the armor of light as we just read, and that is instead of joining in the darkness, we must take defensive positions against it. In fact, we must put out on Christ himself instead excuse me, put on Christ himself instead of arranging our lives to gratify our own desires. What does that mean well? It means inviting Jesus Christ in your heart on a daily basis. Pretty simple. I mean, it's difficult because you got to remember to do it on a daily basis. But really, doing it is not that difficult. You just got to be sincere about it and really want Christ to be in your heart. You got to want transformation. You got to want to change. You're gonna want. You have to have the will and the desire to want to be rebuilt from the inside out. First, be demolished and you know destroyed with a huge mallet. And that's what happened with me. God destroyed me into a billion pieces plus. I'm like looking at myself from the inside, like, okay, God, how do you plan on fixing this? Because this is a lot of little tiny pieces that you just created. It's like, no, that you leave that up to me. That's why I'm God. Okay, you have earthly understanding. You, you do not understand how I'm going to work with you. And yet here I am, still being worked on, still being rebuilt, but still having a closer relationship with Him. That's what it means to put on Christ Himself. Get Him in your heart. Invite Him in your life. Center God around all you do. Purge the darkness out. Don't engage in it. Anyway. Think is now a good time. We're going to get into prayer so we can move on to the next show. Excuse me. Take a sip of water real quick. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time and thank you for your wisdom. We pray for continued discernment, allow us to always be able to filter out the nonsense and non-truths and be able to keep the nuggets of truth that we do here. Give us the ability to cherry pick the sunlit information now so that we can remember it and not just remember it, but also apply where application is needed. Thank you for our good health. Thank you for another day of life and good health, not just for ourselves, but for our family, for our significant others, our children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, mothers, fathers, aunts and uncles, and so on and so forth. We thank you for all these people and their good health and another day of life. We pray for this nation. We pray for each other. And most importantly, as many of us often forget and neglect because sometimes we have bitter feelings, we do pray for our enemies. And we pray that not only you cause them to stumble in their evil works, but we also pray that they turn their eyes to the cross and accept Jesus Christ. So that's the most important thing that we can pray for. So we pray for our enemies that that can happen. And we pray all this in your holy son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so before I conclude this show and move on to the His Heartline discussion, which I'm going to bring it up again. So Randy here um, him and his daughter, they have uh what's called a sublimation machine. Basically, it's a very uh basically a fancy way to print um on paper, and you could take a heat press. So instead of taking vinyl and, and heat pressing a uh, a design on like a shirt with a sublimation machine, if you print this uh a design out or something, anything, you could print anything you want. Um it's a transferable ink that can go on like coffee mugs, it can go on shirts, it can go on keychains, koozies, you name it, right? So they have a sublimation machine. And so he and I are working together. He's, you know, kind of started doing this on his own. Of course, you know, he wanted me to, you know, weigh in on it and make sure I was cool with it, which I am absolutely cool with it, because look, I was already wanting to find a company to do this, but I didn't A have enough time to research any companies to do this, but B, I don't, you know, I my biggest struggle was even working with a solid reputable company. Now, if anything, I'm actually happier to have this go, you know, somebody that wants to do this and, you know, do it have somebody in the community do it. It's not some big conglomerate. You know, but I told him this is one of the reasons we had the conversation. I said I'm not interested in making money. I said, look, I, he he donates. I said, you donate as your heart pleases. I said, at the end of the day, the logo, the his heart logo, and everything I make, I said it's all open source. I didn't, I don't trademark it. It's all open source because I'm a, I'm, I believe in open sourcing. You know that whole trademark nonsense. That's all de facto. That's all. That's that's a money making scheme for the corporate government. I just don't believe in in dealing with their nonsense. But I told him, I said. I believe everybody should have an opportunity to make some money because making money is not bad. Making money is a good thing because if, you know, I believe with people of good character, they're making money, they're doing good with it. Like I was just telling them, I said, honestly, I said, you know, the shirts that we make, I said, ultimately what I would like, my goal, this is my goal now, how it's going to happen. I don't know. I'm leaving that up to God, but my goal is sure I want to, Get enough, you know, of a following over here, not for me, but for God, but enough of a following for God over here so we can get some good, solid advertisers in here. Um, You know, get get the show earning an income through advertisers, because I always want to make this podcast and the information free. I don't believe in doing memberships for information. I don't believe in that. Sure. Sell some merchandise, but not really at the you know, not at as as the goal of like, you know, trying to be a millionaire. Cause my goal is I actually wanted to take his hardline shirts as we grow this show and give his hardline shirts to homeless people. Cause we have a pretty growing homeless population in grand Rapids as we I'm sure do everywhere. I mean, Florida, they're everywhere. I'm sure California have a lot of homeless. I mean, they're everywhere. I mean, everywhere in big metropolitan areas. And so that's kind of one of my biggest things I've thought that would be really cool is to, you know, give out his hard line, you know, hoodies in the wintertime, especially because it's so cold up here. And so anyway, but long story short, once he, um, gets his process down, Randy, that is with, uh, making these tumblers. Cause I know people really enjoyed the tumbler when they saw me drinking with it. When I uh, was on Brandenburg news network on the video, people were able to see it. Um, so he sent me a, a, a little, um, sample package, Of a tumbler that he made a actual coffee mug like you know one that you can have at home um koozies keychains i think that was it yeah so i'm going to take a picture of these i'm going to make i'm going to take a nice picture of this and then i'm going to post it on on telegram and true social as well as i'm going to make a separate nice spot on the website so you can look at this um I want to get we we excuse me, we Randy and I want to get your opinion on what you guys think would you'd be interested in just in general, like just we want to see what people think of it. Right. because I know people like the idea of the tumblers and basically Randy, I just told him, like, you know, so he's going to basically make all this stuff and sell it. And then, you know, as he sells it, he would donate to the show, because like I said, it's, you know. He's going out and buying the products. He's going out and buying the tumblers. He's going out and buying the sublimation ink. And sublimation ink, let me tell you, it's not cheap. I know. I've looked into it. I don't feel like going down that path right now because we have a vinyl cutting machine and we have a ton of money tied up in vinyl and heat press ourselves. So it's like that's another avenue I don't want to go down. But if I can give this kind of business to somebody in the community rather than go to like a big conglomerate, I'm happy to do it. So, and as we grow the show, who knows? I mean, who knows where God's going to take this? Who knows? Maybe Randy and I might somehow go into business down the road and we'll have a Made in America swag company solely. You know what I mean? Who knows? We don't know where this is going to go. Only God knows. You know what I mean? And so I'm happy to work with Randy on this. Randy is an excellent guy. You could just tell in a man's voice or a woman's voice when you talk to them, right? Just like when you look into somebody's eyes, you could tell if they're a good soul or not. Well, you can tell over a phone conversation, and we've had a few of them now. You can just tell the character and the genuine purity of somebody's heart by listening to their voice. And Randy is that guy. And so I'm proud to have Randy over here, as well as everybody. I don't want to make it seem like I'm picking favorites here. (laughs) So anyway, but we're going to Conclude this now with the outro music, and then we're going to get into the his hardline discussion. You won't want to miss that one, I promise you. So remember, we're firm, we're steadfast, and we're uncompromising. That's the only way to be over here. All right. So we're going to see you on the other side. If we don't see you on the other side, we'll see you back here tomorrow. God bless wherever you're at in the world. All right. Bye bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the day. website www.hishardline.com for all the latest updates
1: Ask yourself, are you better off today than you were four years ago? We have a Democrat governor and a Republican legislature. They all failed us. They failed us through the shutdowns. No one stood up and fought for us. They all laid down. They're one and the same. It's a corrupt uniparty. Hi, I'm Donna Brandenburg and I'm running to be the next governor of the state of Michigan. The only true conservative, it would be my pleasure to serve with honor and integrity. In the United States of America, we are given opportunities that are unparalleled anywhere else in the world. And I want you to think about, what would you like this country to look like? Your voice counts. We get to determine, because we the people are in charge, what this country looks like, what the state of Michigan looks like, and how it's run. Choosing a governor for the state of Michigan is a job interview. That's your job, to decide who you want to manage your financial assets. We own this state and you get to decide how you want your state to be run. We are not a nation of political parties. We are Americans. And it's time to end this nonsense of dividing us up and keeping us fighting against each other. We need to stand together as Americans fighting for each other to defend, to protect, to help ensure the opportunities that our forefathers enjoyed. They gave us everything we need to put this state back together. It's a wonderful time to be alive. And we're going to do just that. We're going to put this nation back together. We're going to kick the criminal politicians out and those that have robbed from us for years and who have taken our rights, who have spit on our Constitution. The time is now and their game is over. My first responsibility as governor is to listen to what you want done, to find out what we the people want to have happen in this state. Your voice matters and what you think is important will be listened to. We will find ways to listen to every single one of you, aggregate that information and do what's in the best interest of the people of Michigan we the people standing together is the key to taking the state back and assuring all of our rights are protected and that there is opportunity going forward first and foremost we have to have free and fair elections and they have to be honest the first amendment your right to freedom of speech you should be able to say anything you want to say without any threat or coercion hanging over your head second amendment the right to bear arms shall not be infringed period end of story constitutional carry I think we should have tax credits for the purchase of firearms, ammunition, as well as firearms training. And I think all of these unconstitutional agencies need to get out of our state, we hang that on the 10th Amendment the states' rights. There's so much we can do going forward. I love Michigan. I was born and raised here my whole <coughs> life. I've traveled a lot. I've traveled all over the state, and this is a beautiful state to live. We are so blessed. It's time to take back the America dream. Our vote should never be motivated by fear. Vote your conscience. Vote Donna Brandenburg for governor of the state of Michigan November 8th.